Welcome 2022. What will this new year bring? As the curtain comes down on this strange, bizarre year 2021, COVID in the air, all the other disruptions and upheavals that we're experiencing, uncertainty that many of us have not seen ever in our lifetimes. So everybody's wondering, okay, what's next? What comes next? And how can we prepare for it? There's clearly been a tremendous disruption in our lives. There's no sector of life that has not been impacted by these events, essentially in the last 18 months. Whether it's work, travel, schooling, entertainment, sports, you name it. And though some had predicted that it wouldn't last very long, well, it's still with us. And when you couple that with so many other polarizing forces in politics, the debates, with the media and modern technology just amplifying everything, sometimes you feel completely lost at sea. So please join me as we do welcome 2022. What will this new year bring? Hello, Simon Jacobson here, and we will be speaking about Welcome 2022, what will this new year bring? This program is dedicated by Katya Wiesander, sharing the Meaningful Life Center with her friends and family. As the curtain comes down on 2021, which you can easily call a bizarre, strange, uncertain type of year with the upheavals, the disruptions, not just COVID, but COVID is a major factor. It's still hovering. Its shadow is still with us with the different resurgences of the different names, not only here in the United States, but everywhere in the world. They call variances and variations. And it's the psychological impact is perhaps even stronger than the medical and health one because it creates a shift in our routines. Work, school, travel, entertainment, sports. There isn't a sector of society that has not been impacted by COVID. And it doesn't seem to be going away quickly. COVID hopefully will be eradicated. But its effect on society Will people go back to work in the same way? There are things as when, when we discover that some things are optional in our lives and not necessary, there are shifts that happen in social trends, especially when we're talking not about a small group of people, but a certain exponential impact that affects everybody. So we're living in that type of world and that type of situation, and it is affecting are especially the area which was most important for people's security is their certainty and uncertainty. If you go back to January 2020, if you remember life back then, 
there was a certain pattern routine that you could rely on without even thinking about it. Now we have to think. You have travel plans and suddenly they have to be canceled or they have to be modified. Your children are going to school, there are new guidelines and regulations. You're going to work, you're not going to work, you're working from home. All this has a accumulative effect on our psyches because we thrive on certainty. We thrive on consistency. Not just children. Children, it's critical. But all of us, when, we're, when we feel that our coordinates are being shaken up, we feel out of sorts, disoriented, and even demoralized. And when you add to the equation our own pre-COVID, we'll call it pre-BC, before corona, before COVID, the preconditions that we've had, whether it's our own psychological fears and emotional insecurities, issues with relationships, I mean, you name it. We live in a world of therapy, a time of therapy, where people are struggling many, and everybody has to deal with different issues. So when you throw it all into one path, and then you look at what the media and technology and politics, how that is all amplified to the point of extremism and conspiracy theories and polarization of all sorts, it becomes increasingly difficult to find our bearings. How do you navigate? How do you travel forward? So that question, 2022, yes, a new year is upon us. Once it was just a party, now it's a question that people ask. What will this year bring? Are we going to get back to a more stable situation? Or like some people, don't, they don't even say back to normal because now it's going to be a new normal, as the expression goes. So I want to talk about it, especially on a personal note. I'm not here, I'm not a crystal, to here to do any crystal ball predictions and, uh, and uh, just wild guesses. But rather, the most important thing is to empower someone, to empower ourselves and each other to navigate the situation. As I've said many times, and I've used this example throughout, a good swimmer is not someone that knows exactly what's coming ahead. None of us are prophets. We're not uh, crystal ball gazers. But they know that whatever comes our way, we can navigate it. And that's the single most important thing is to empower people with tools. Not just how, what to do, but how to do it. Methodology. Not just what to think, but how to think. Not just what to say, but how to say. What to do, but how to do. And the how is critical because it goes back to that word methodology. A life methodology. Do you have a life methodology? Now, when things are going smoothly, we don't often ask ourselves that question. In the words of Warren Buffett about investments, when the tide is out, that's when you see who's been swimming naked. When the tide is in, you can't tell. It's like when the light is shining brightly, you don't see the cracks in the walls. It's when things get disrupted and become uncertain. When we get out of our comfort zones, then suddenly we're, we're left naked to some extent. What are you made of? And then the how becomes critical. And the how is connected to the purpose of life, which is why, to me, the center of all of existence is finding meaning, the purpose, and hence our name, the Meaningful Life Center. Meaning, the purpose and meaning of your life. When you are able to identify that, then no matter what comes your way, you can ride those waves, the twists and turns, the unknowns and uncertainties as well. And actually, that's when you're tested most. 
the best comes out of you when you're not in your comfort zone. Because then you dig deeper and find those innermost resources. Which leads us to this most and second most important point, and that is how do you get to the how you have to then dig deeper into your own being. It's like in any situation. When you're walking down the street or you're running and there's no obstacles, no impediments, so you go at your pace. When there's suddenly an obstacle or an impediment, some block, some challenge, now you have to become more innovative and dig deeper. How am I going to get around this? Will I go above? Will I go beyond, below? Will I go to the right, to the left? Will I find another path? And that is critical because besides the fact that it allows you to forge ahead, it also empowers you that nothing that comes in your way should daunt you and psychologically weaken your resolve. Because you see, when it comes to battle, any form of battle, and I'm talking about psychological battles, self-confidence is critical. Because even if you have all the weapons in your arsenal and all the tools, but you don't believe in yourself, then yes, they're powerful tools, but you won't have the resolve. You won't have that determination. You'll feel weak. You'll feel, you'll second guess yourself. So how does one build confidence? Unfortunately, many of us think it's by purchasing things, by feeling I can acquire anything I want. That's an illusion. That means you can, you can hoard, or in the words of Oscar Wilde, you can know the price of everything, but not, the value, but the not know the value of anything. You can read more and more about less and less. The key here is not how much you acquire, not how many weapons you have, but how you use them. And the confidence in yourself, which means that we need to go into the level of the soul. There's really no other way. And I, but I mean soul, I'm not trying to suggest anything here religious. Though, as you know, my, word, my attitude to religion is also quite a negative one because religion is usually identified with bureaucracy and all kinds of negative elements. If you think of religion in a positive way, fine. But spirit, soul and spirituality means who you are, what makes you tick, the inner resources that you access in any given situation. Love comes from the soul. Purpose and meaning comes from the soul. Connection. Values. These are all intangibles that are not quantified and defined by our sensory tools. So let's talk about, about sensory tools and their supersensory soul. Sensory tools are the five, five senses. Sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. What we see, what we hear, what we taste, touch, and smell. And for us, those are the five primary forces that are really dominant throughout our lives, throughout our days. Just think about it. If you were to close your eyes and your ears and your taste, touch, and smell, what would you be left with? For some people, the thought would be terrifying. I would disappear. No, you wouldn't disappear. Because all those senses are there to, are essentially bridges. Think of it like gates that connect you and the world around you. You don't need eyes to see yourself. You don't need ears to hear yourself. And you don't need taste, touch, and smell to experience yourself. You want to experience another, or they should experience you, then we need these gate, gates. So I'm not suggesting they're not vital, but then they're the means to an experience. You can see something that is very beautiful 
and attractive and it draws you to it, that's great. You can also see something inappropriate or destructive. And the same with the other senses. What drives the real force of a person is your soul. And the soul, as the mystics put it, has faculties. The cognitive faculties, emotional faculties, the behavioral faculties. And it has the senses that we just that I just described. These are all tools. These are all, if you wish, you can say instruments of the soul. But the soul itself is your inner identity. What is your outer identity? Your body. And when I say body, I don't just mean the physical body. It means your bodily activities. You eat, you drink, you sleep, you go to work, you interact. So you can have a body-like experience in any experience, and you can have a soul-like experience. Something superficial is usually something based on survival. I go into a grocery store, I buy a loaf of bread, or some other need. That's pretty much an outer materialistic level. However, I buy the bread, I go home, I invite some guests or friends, and we sit down at a meal and we have an important and relevant conversation. You've turned your physical meal into a spiritual experience, into a personal, soulful experience. And that's called your soul coming alive. The more you can access that, the formula goes, the more powerful your navigational tools and methodologies in life will be. It sounds simple. The challenge is not the concept. The challenge is implementation. When you get accustomed to a material-driven life, it gets very difficult to suddenly have a different engine at work. If your life is driven by survival, meaning, and I survival, I don't mean just hand-to-mouth, the minimum, you can be extremely wealthy and still be driven by survival, then that is your modus operandi, that's your comfort zone, and when it's disrupted, it will definitely disorient you, whereas if you're driven by a soul-driven life, relationships, love, purpose, values, how can I use this situation to make my little corner of the world better, that is the key to navigating any given situation, because that question can be asked in easier times or in, or in challenging times. Comfort, material comfort, when you're comfortable, you're comfortable. When you're not, you're not. What do you do then? So you run for cover. You look for refuge. You look for ways to protect yourself. You're on the defense. Whereas a, a, a purpose-driven and meaningful life is driven by offense, by being proactive. Oh, now there's a challenge? How does that feed meaning? What is the deeper meaning of it all? How can I learn from it? How can I teach others? What can I teach my children? I personally experienced this, as all of us have, everybody, we're all in the same boat, in the last year and a half. So to me, I was always trained in this approach. So when COVID struck back in March 2020, without thinking much, it was like, this is, okay, now we have this challenge, it's like a challenge, and now we have to rise to the occasion. It's when Literally, I went into overdrive. We began to producing many more programs than we ever did and reaching many more, and the response was phenomenal. And I'm not saying this to my horn. I'm just using it as a living example of something I personally see and continue to see. And I share this with people. I say, you have the same opportunity. People now are far more vulnerable, far more receptive. And that can be very seemingly feel naked. You can feel defenseless or... You can see it as a power, a strength, celebrating your vulnerability. I write in Toward a Meaningful Life that love is celebrating your vulnerability with another. Instead of thinking vulnerability as weakness, 
something to fear, see it as an opportunity to go deeper, create a deeper, more intimate connection. Intimate. In a world where we suffer from a crisis of intimacy, not sexuality, there's plenty of sexuality going on, but intimacy, a deeper connection. There's no surprise that addiction of all sorts, whether it's psychological or physical or whatever form it takes, or behavioral, addiction is a big factor in our people's lives. And when you think about it, why would somebody be addicted to something? But think of addiction as simply attachment disorder. You're attached to something in a wrong way, in a way that that controls you instead of you controlling it. But attachment itself is a very healthy thing. Love is attachment. When we're in our mother's womb for nine months, that's an attachment that's critical to the bonding that is necessary, the security that we build when we're so protected, submerged in the embryonic fluids. The early years of a child's life, very nurtured, cradled, embraced by a a loving mother and father, the way it should be, is all vital to build that connection. The same is true in the animal kingdom. I was reading about otters. That otters touch something like 25 times every minute or something. As the baby otters are developing, their mothers keep touching them. Just as they swim through the water, the touch itself creates a sense of comfort, a sense of security. So attachment is vital to our lives. If there's a detachment, unfortunately, tragically, we hear stories about a child being ripped away from its mother at young age. It's going to have impact because we thrive on attachment. Like a flower needs to be grounded in the ground and needs to be nurtured and watered. Human beings are that way. So when we don't get the attachment we need, we're going to find attachments that we don't need or even destructive ones. So the concept of attachment is beautiful. The question is how it manifests. So again, going back to our point. So when things are going smoothly, everybody's got their patterns, including destructive sometimes patterns. When things are disrupted, the key thing to remember is you're going into your soul, your soul place where you build healthy attachments. Now, it's very easy to succumb and resort back to unhealthy attachments because you're looking for some relief. You're looking some way, how do we get out of this uncomfortable place? So we are living now in a time of tremendous opportunity. Tremendous opportunity. Yes, in many ways this will be called the age of disruption. COVID disrupted so much. The internet, Amazon disrupted retail business. The internet in general and technology has disrupted previous models. Politics, remember President Trump. Other factors are disrupting situations. Disruption is very disconcerting and disorienting. But... As the Kabbalists, the mystics put it, it's a necessary step in any transition from one paradigm to another, from one reality to another. A caterpillar must go through the chrysalis, the disruption of its previous consciousness and psyche into a cocoon, and the metamorphosis leads into a, a butterfly. Every process of growth is going to go through some form of disruption. The way the mystics put it, the Kabbalists and the Hasidic masters put it, they use Hebrew words. There are three stages. There's a yesh. It's a Hebrew word for a state of being. 
There's the end result. The new paradigm is another yesh, another state of reality, another a, a new paradigm. And in between, they call it ayin be'emtza. Ayin means a void, a vacuum in between. Always necessary to shed one layer of skin in order to assume a new one. And the greater the growth, the more the disruption that precedes it. The greater the creativity, the more the confusion that we have. Never have that confusion. You're looking to innovate something. You're having a problem. Trying to write something. There's always going to be a state of confusion where you gather maybe a lot of information, but you're completely overwhelmed. You don't know what to do with all this information. You feel overwhelmed. But slowly, slowly, the light begins to emerge, like the dawn after a long night. And what happens is you suddenly receive a cl- you achieve a clarity, and say, "Wow, all growth happens that that fashion." It's when you're in the throes of the disruption that is most uncomfortable. Nobody wants a disruption. But if you think of it as a process, which will create the emergence of something powerful. And you see, I've used the word process and emergence. These are words that are becoming increasingly rare in our society because we think you press a button and you have it delivered to your door in a moment. But things take a process. You need nine months of pregnancy and gestation. And then things emerge. Great things emerge. They don't, you can't acquire, you can't just buy them or acquire them. You can't pull a flower out of the ground. You can't force someone to love you. There's a process. And that process leads to an emergence. That's what the words we need to apply to ourselves in these times. So the challenge is to get out of the old paradigm, old habits, old routines. So now we've been through 2020, which I'd say most of the year was COVID. 2021 continued. And we're at the threshold, welcoming 2022. So we can have two, three attitudes, I would say. You can have an attitude of just ignoring the whole thing, which is called going into denial. And whatever happens, happens. I made it till here, I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll continue. Basically, you let, the, you let the waves carry you, for good or for bad. It really is, it, I wouldn't say it's a victim attitude, but it's definitely a complacent one. Approach number two is you're terrified. You're facing the unknown and more of it, and you say, you know what? I mean, look what's going on. And it creates a vicious cycle of further insecurity and further fears. And whatever you end up doing to try to, to try to alleviate and relieve those fears very often will not be positive activities. That's option two. And option three is learning how to navigate and saying, okay, let me sit down. This is a process. Things emerge. Where are we? Where am I? in this process. You could say, right now I'm thrashing about in a very uncertain, um, stormy sea without knowing where we're headed. So then ask yourself, what do you know for sure? Reflect, introspection, soul searching. What do you know that is certain? And you could say, I know I'm alive. Do you know that you have a purpose? Do you know what that purpose is? Even if the answer is, I don't have an answer to that, but at least start asking the question. Begin to find the anchors and the, and the forces, the factors, the coordinates that you can hold on to. And that will require digging deeper. Who, is in my, who in my life is a certainty? What is for sure? What do I believe in without any doubt? Who are the people I can trust and rely on? Now, if any of these answers are I don't know, fine. Remember, awarenesses have the cure. As the wise question is have the answer. 
So the mere fact that you're asking yourself is already going out of the world of denial and avoidance and entering the world that you will ultimately achieve clarity. But don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Don't be afraid to say that I have many uncertainties. That's the beginning. If you try to delude yourself into thinking, oh, everything is perfect. And when I say everything, I'm not suggesting to look at your life and see how things are not perfect. My point is, is that to be honest about the realities and identify the things that are certainties in your life. Those certainties are your spiritual values. Now, you may need some time. You may need some effort. Absolutely necessary to talk to someone, a mentor, a friend, a colleague, a loved one. Have this conversation. Even with your children, have this conversation. If you're a person with children. Because opening it up is itself giving strength. Someone wrote to me just a few weeks ago. That I just began listening to your programs a few months ago. A friend shared them with me. And I, don't, I can't say I understand everything, especially when you get into more esoteric matters. But there's a certain confidence that you exude. A certain comfort. And that alone makes me feel stronger. And I was very touched, obviously, and humbled. So there's something that we can share with others just by speaking about it. We're not afraid to confront the challenge. We're not afraid to forge ahead. When you have colleagues, and let's say you're in the military, you're fighting a battle, there's a lot to be said when you see the confidence of your colleagues, of your friends, of your allies. Because confidence breeds confidence. Be around people that have that, and it has that osmosis effect of building confidence. Is it something tangible? Can you really explain? No, it's something that we're able to give to each other and empower each other. So as we enter the year 2022, I would suggest before New Year's to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to make an accounting. Here are the things that I absolutely am certain of. Here are the people I know I am confident in. The values that I believe in. At the same time, nothing wrong making a second column called your uncertainties. What were the things that troubled me throughout 2021? What, what impeded my path forward? What stopped me? What fears? What uncertainties? What unknowns impacted me? And the more you can identify how it impacted you, without going into exhaustive detail, you'll have clarity with that and say 2022 is going to be different. Not because you're going to do the same thing, because doing the same thing and expecting different results, we know, is called insanity. But because once you become aware, say, I'm going to now embrace, and not cold turkey, embrace some of these values that are certain. Many of us take for granted. Some people say, what I'm certain of is the kindness I do. When I do an act of kindness. So you know what? Act on it. Make sure that every day in 2022, you can begin earlier, though there's just very few days left. And every day I'm going to do an act of kindness. Not just say kindness is a good thing. I'll reach out to someone by phone, by in person, whatever the situation allows, online. I'm going to share. Create a kindness, um, what's that one, a trajectory. A kindness assembly line. Where you, where you exude, where you, that's the word I want to say, give out a type of kindness and ask people to share further. If there's another certainty, the love I have in my life, act on it. Embrace it. Do something about it. Don't take it for granted. 
Because taking it for granted then allows the negative uncertainties to control, to control you. What you want is to act and bring into your life, into your thought, speech, and action the things that you're certain of. And that will give you more strength to forge ahead. It's quite simple, my friends. It's simple but difficult because it needs to change. You need to change your pattern. Like anything, a habit is hard to break and it's hard to introduce a new one. But the New Year's is meant for resolutions and not just resolutions that last from January 1 to January 2, if even if that long, but ones that will be lasting throughout the year and forever. This is the time of such new paradigms. And you'll be surprised the reaction that others will have and the reaction you will have. Because then you have every day in your life, you could say, there's a lot of uncertainties going on around me. I read the news, I hear this, I hear that report, that report. But here are certain certainties that I've done. So at the end of the day, you have something to hold on to, even if the sea is throwing you about from one end to the other. And the more those certainties can be implemented and can hold on to, the more powerful you become. So it's not about eliminating the unknowns. There are many things we do not know. But this we could know. That which I'm certain of, I am going to make sure to embrace, to actualize, and to share with everyone I come in contact with. That is tremendously empowering. And especially in times of uncertainty, in times of disruption and upheaval, it's, more necess- it's necessary more than ever. Because that's the key that forges ahead, the confidence, the accessing of those inner resources, of the soul within you, and all the soulful things that you achieve in the world around you. In the words of the Kabbalists again, everything has divine sparks, spiritual sparks, soulfulness, but it lies trapped, held hostage, imprisoned by the material world. That's why the Kabbalists call it klipa. Klipa means a shell, a husk. So the fruit is in there, but the shell conceals it. And if you're not aware of the fruit and you worship the shell, that's when you have problems. Because on the material level, as I said earlier, uncertainty is uncertainty, period. The soul is the fruit within. Everything has those sparks within. And it's when you build that confidence and when you forge ahead with your certainties, that's when those, those fruits emerge emerge so my friends I want to wish everyone a happy new year happy year it should be a year of not that we can control what happens to us but we control how we react to it a year of clarity in our navigational tools a year of blessing and yes we should be blessed with having the least amount of disruption and aggravation and grief and loss but no matter what comes our way no Know this for sure. You are here. You have an indispensable mission to perform. And you need to have the confidence in that mission, in your soul's mission. Do that and you'll have a tremendously blessed year that no matter what comes our way, you will grow from it and become a greater person. This has been Simon Jacobson, Meaningful Life Center. Please go to MeaningfulLife.com for a wide array of resources, a full schedule of programming on all platforms that you can imagine. And as always, it's an honor to share a few words. If you feel this is valuable, please share with others. Please also, I'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your comments, suggestions. 
And maybe together celebrate the synergy of that confidence and certainty that is your birthright right there within your soul. Thank you so much and stay in touch. Happy New Year. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.